ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in. Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. What a weekend it was across the state of North Carolina for East Carolina baseball, taking on UNC in a tremendous series. Uh, and Pirates win two out of three. And uh, just an awesome, awesome atmosphere in Chapel Hill, Fayetteville, also in Greenville, as the Pirates pull out the dramatic 10-9 win yesterday evening to win the series. Really excited about today's show. We talked with Cliff Goblin earlier, and we have that on our YouTube page. You can go back and view that, 94.3 The Game. Patrick Johnson and I caught caught up with Coach. Uh, We're also going to have two players in studio from the baseball team. Trey Savage will join us here shortly. And we got Jacob Starlin. Right on time, Jacob. You made it just in time, man. How's it going? (laughs) Hey, how's it going? So, uh... Pretty, pretty, pretty fun weekend of baseball, right? Yeah, um, you know this. This is always a big weekend for us, and you know we uh, would have liked to win that first game, but win the next two was pretty cool. So, I mean, we could. There's so many directions we could go. Um, just recapping the whole week, but we'll start last last night, man. Just being a part of that atmosphere, that game, like February college baseball. You, you won't find that anywhere. So what was it like just be a part of that in Greenville? Uh, I mean, it felt like we were playing Texas in 22. I mean, breaking an attendance record this early in the season is pretty special and doesn't happen everywhere for sure. So, you know, shout out to all the fans. You know, when you run out to the field to start that game, like I know it's just another game in in theory, but like, I don't know. How, how do you control your emotions in that environment <laughs> is what I'm trying to ask, I guess. Um, I just channel into like competitiveness, like, you know, all the nerves go away when you run out there and, you know, I just look to the fans, try to get them into it, talk to my teammates and just not put any, put any extra pressure on, our, on ourselves. And I, I tell you what, man, I thought you had the, uh, the walk off for a second. Did you think you had it off the bat? Because I guess it just kind of curled, right? Yeah, I thought I did off the bat. It was, you know, backspelling going yeah. straight, but then last second and want to take a left turn so I was like Starlin almost had a, another uh clutch moment but then you you know you you, you swing at the next pit, next pitch like you refocus which I mean that's not easy to do after you, you you know you potentially just hit a walk off I think you gave everybody in the building a heart attack but uh you know you, you the shift helped you out right so yeah. you got through the shift yeah somehow that ball <laughs> snuck through but um yeah just staying aggressive just you know trying to put the ball in play get on base and Give us a chance. Jacob Starlin with us in studio. Trey is Savage, our live studio audience. He's hanging out. He's uh, warming up in the bullpen. He'll join us here shortly. Um, and, and then, you know, the walk-off, you score the game-winning run as well. And J.C. gets the big double. You know, kind of figured they would walk Dixon with, with Bristol, the freshman, on deck. And, and by the way, we'll, we'll also talk to Bristol Carter today at 1.30. We're going to live stream that after the show. But uh Huge moment for the freshman. He comes through. How good was it to see Bristol uh, get that hit? Big, big first moment as a Pirate. Uh, it was awesome. I knew he was going to, you know, end the game in some fashion. But, um, you know, for him to go backside in that situation just shows that, you know, he was composed and, 
not try to do too much in that situation. So what's, what's the feelings running down the third baseline? Because, I mean, it was a clean hit the whole way. Um, I don't know, were you, like, hands in the air? Like, well, did yeah, you black out? As soon as he hit it, I, you know, raised my hand, was pointing to the stands. So um, just a lot of excitement, really. Did y'all get uh, – y'all got them with the water bath, the ice, like the spray spray the yeah, water? Yeah, they get got them with something. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask Trey. Maybe yeah. he led the charge in that. Um, and then, you know – Celebrating that with the fans, what's that like too? As you're kind of running the the whole gauntlet around the stadium, giving everybody high fives. It was awesome. That's that's definitely the most excited I've been uh, running around the the, the stadium. But um, I was actually out of breath in the meeting after. CG had to tell me to calm down. But um, you know they they stuck through the whole game, and you know they never lost hope, just like us. And for us to come out on top, you know you got to credit the fans a lot too. I noticed too, like you were booking it, obviously trying to score on the the JC hit. Mm. You looked like you were out of breath at third base. You had to yeah, like calm. That, you had to like crouch down. <laughs> definitely was. Yeah. Did you think you were going to get the sin sign? Because we know Cliff can be aggressive. Um, you know, you never know. But um, right. I was ready for it. Okay, so it ended up working out either yeah. way. Let's talk about just the the, you know, y'all had the four nothing lead. Credit UNC, great lineup, great team. They fight back. Take a 5-4 lead. And then it's just – I think it was five lead changes, man, over the last three innings, which is crazy for college baseball. But the resiliency of you guys, like, does that kind of just show – like, that's why y'all put in all the hard work in the fall? Yeah, I mean, for situations like that, um, it would have been easier for us to just, you know, roll over and, you know, say, all oh, this game's over the first time they took the lead. But um, just trusting in each other. And, um, you know, we know we're never out of any game, so – you know, as long as our hitters can just do what they do, we're always going to be in the game. And, you know, it wasn't the the best start to the week for you guys, but, you know, I know y'all tried to stay off social media, but the sky was falling, according to Pirate Nation, after Friday. But to bounce back the way y'all did after that, it was almost like there was never any concern. And Carter Cunningham talked about it after, fr- or after Saturday's game. He was like, hey, we're, we're going about things the right way. Maybe y'all just weren't catching the right break. So do you kind of agree with that? And was that kind of always the mindset going into Saturday? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, after the Camel game and the Friday game, we didn't lose any confidence at all. Uh, we knew that we didn't play our best baseball, and we were still, you know, in the ball game, you know, close to winning. So uh, we've been we've been showing up every day before games, just um, you know, putting ourselves in the best situations to perform good. So. Um, yeah, um, after those games, we knew that if we just had, if we just had a good game, that we were going to win. So, and for you getting the success you did Saturday, you know, at the plate, I mean, you had hit some balls hard right at people too. But what was it? You started the game with four straight hits. That I mean, it had to feel pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, that's just how baseball is. You're going to hit some balls hard right at people, and you know, sometimes you're going to hit a ground ball to shore that sneaks through. So, just staying level-headed and not letting those lineouts affect you is super important. Uh, Coach Galvin said, I think maybe after one of the games this weekend and also today, like he, he kind of talked to you and J-Dub, and he felt like y'all were in the best spot y'all have been as baseball players, but he maybe felt like y'all were trying to do too much, and he just wanted y'all to relax, play baseball. Like, you know, kind of take us through that those talks and then, um, you know, having that success after maybe just a little bit of a slow start. Yeah. Um, you know, just remembering why we're playing the game, it's just a game, and, you know, if you're not having fun playing, you're going to play bad, and, 
you know, if you're putting too much pressure on yourself, you're also not going to perform your best. So me and him just, you know, keeping the game fun and, you know, relaxing a little bit and just going out there and playing. And, you know, something else I noticed for you, Jacob, is at times this year, like, you obviously, you'll work the count. You'll take your base on balls. But you've jumped on that first pitch a few times as well. Is that kind of a a mentality, I don't want to say change, but just so if, if you can kind of feel the pitchers on the ropes, maybe you, you try to jump on that first pitch? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the pitchers are trying to get ahead first pitch. Um, you know, most most time that's the best pitch you're going to see. So, you know, when I'm hitting my best, it's when I'm aggressive early in the count and, you know, not not taking those pitches in the zone. What was it like? This is my first time at Sacred Stadium Saturday, and I know y'all played there against Campbell last year, man. That, that ballpark is awesome. Like yeah. y'all, y'all have to enjoy playing there, right? Amazing, yeah. Uh, the locker room, the batting cages, all super nice, and you know we're pretty pretty lucky to be able to play there uh, in a midweek game. For you guys to see the the support that y'all got from ECU fans, like I mean, basically it was fifty fifty in Chapel Hill. Pirate fans, Tar Heel fans on Friday, and then probably I said like 55-60% ECU fans Saturday. I don't know if y'all noticed it or not, but just what does that mean when y'all go on the road to have that support? No, I definitely noticed. Um, running off the field every inning, just looking up over third base, seeing all the fans, you know, it just gave us a lot of motivation. So I got a picture of you after one of your doubles. You were doing the, uh, I don't know, the bring it here sign. Is that one of, <laughs> is that one of your go-to celebrations, or is that spur of the moment? I don't know. I saw that guy do it, so <laughs> figured I'd do it too. Uh, it, made, it made for a cool picture, man. Uh, the umpire was, like, standing right next to you. He kind of ruined the shot, but I was like, whatever, man. We'll, <clears throat> we'll still roll with it. Jacob Starlin, our guest with us. So we were talking in the preseason, Jacob, about – uh, Easton and, and Rawlings bat. So I noticed you've been using what the blue is it the Rawlings? Yeah, clout. Are you uh, are you sticking with that one or are you still going back and forth? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's the best bat we've got now. Okay, because yeah. I see you passing it off to like J Dub or, or the next guy in, in yeah. order. Is it? Well, so, they swing thirty fours. I still swing a thirty three. But okay. So do, yeah. you, do you use the the stores bat on the team? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Most people either swing a thirty three or a thirty four. Man. Um, you know, I'm one of the shorter guys on the team, so. Hey, whatever works, man. Yeah. It's, it's clearly working for you. Um, did you? So have you been swinging the clout since day one this season? I feel like you've gone what, back and forth a little bit. Yeah, I used the Easton like the first game. Okay. And then after that, I switched. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, home runs, right? Day two and three? Yep. Oh, it must yeah. be working. Oh, so we can get into the bat discussion. Um, Jacob Starlin with us, ECU second baseman. And uh, Luke Nowak, man. Go ahead, Homer. What was that like? I was so happy for Luke, man. Uh, he almost had one earlier in the game, too. But um, Yeah, I thought that one was going to go. You know, for him to do that in that situation was special for him and the team. And um, after he touched home plate, Easton had to tell me to, you know, stay back, not get on the field. But, um, yeah, I'm just happy for that kid. He's put in all the work, and it's paying off. He had an awesome quote post game. And, the, you know, I asked him, and you're a Florida guy, so you may be able to relate, but, you know, Wisconsin guy, we also got Pennsylvania guy. So we're covering, like, the whole state of uh, – or the whole country. But, like, being a part of this rivalry, I don't know if you grew up with any awareness of ECU, what NC State, North Carolina, UNCW, those games mean. But he kind of said, look, I'm just – I can't stand them now. But he also, like, knows that they're a great team. Y'all are a great team. That's part of it. Um, but how quickly did it take you to kind of – learn to embrace these types of games, rivalries? Um, not long at all. 
you know, not coming from here, you don't understand the rival the rivalry really. But um, you know, we know how much it means to the fans, and if it means a lot to them, then it means a lot to us. So, and it's uh, it's always sweet to beat the guys in uh in baby blue. Uh, Newton Smith on YouTube, Starman, my favorite player. I think you said this last time. Newton is your biggest fan, man. Have uh, Have you ever met Newton? Any idea? Nope. <laughs> Shout out to Newton. Newton Smith, uh, Jacob Starlin's. Uh, big, biggest fan. Have you seen the tweets, like the Starman tweets? I know y'all, again, y'all try to see off social media, but yeah, see, there's yeah. some graphics up there. It's It always has They got a new chant, the, the crowd, too. Okay, they're chanting yeah. Starman? Or Star something, but yeah, <laughs> I hear it. There's always a guy in these road games, like I noticed it in Fayetteville, he's got this mini megaphone, mm-hmm. and he starts every chant. He's got, he's got a chant for each one of you guys. Yeah. I don't know what it yeah, is. That's for, guy, yeah, yep, that's him. All right, let's get a break in. Jacob Starlin with us. Again, Trey Savage standing by. He'll join us around 12.25, 12.30. So we'll go another segment with Starlin. We'll come back. We'll talk some ECU baseball. We'll discuss the week ahead and more with Jacob Starlin. This is Hoist the Colors on a Monday. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes, that was so good. 194.3, the game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors on this Monday. Again, live on YouTube, Facebook. If you got a comment, question, uh, get it in there. We posted our Cliff Goblin interview earlier today. Patrick Johnson and I talked to him about 20 minutes. And uh, to recap the weekend, that's up on the 94.3 The Game YouTube page. We got Jacob Starlin in studio. Trey is Savage coming up next. He is uh, warming up in the pen. So, Jacob, we, we talked about it earlier, but Kenny Curlin said, did you think you had gone yard with the late hit uh, that went foul? And did that – so I couldn't see from the press box. Did it end up clearing the fence or did uh, – <laughs> I don't – no, it didn't. <laughs> Trey saying no. Okay, so just like, I don't know, off the bat, man, it looked majestic, and then yeah. just, but it just took, took a turn. A, took a sharp left turn at the end, but. It happens. Yeah. And, hey, just, again, still got on base. Uh, Kenny adds, great weekend series win over the hills. Loved every minute of Sunday's game in the jungle. It was electric. Yeah, it was like, I mean, 13 rows deep out there. It was I crazy. Um, Adam Spence says, I rock the number 10 jersey when I am at the game. It's the old school Conference USA jersey, though. Trying to think who was number ten back in the day, but either way, you can you can take credit for it, right? Yeah, <laughs> the old. Got to get you a new one. It's New Jersey. Uh, Adam Smith says Starlin is a Tar Heel killer. Uh, <laughs> do you have that reputation now? Is that a thing? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. After last year, had a few big hits last year against the Hills. Um, all right, so we talked about just the, the craziness of Sunday, but and, and Nowak said after the game too, he he he's never been a part of a game where like that many guys have contributed. I mean, y'all use nine pitchers, uh, eight relievers after Jake Hunter's uh, good start, and guys off the bench. We talked about Bristol Carter, but it was just one of those games, Starlin, that everybody stepped up. Yeah, I mean every. Everyone on the team talks about, you know, our depth and how that's one of our biggest strengths. And, you know, it shows in games like that. Like, when you have guys that can come off the bench, guys in the bullpen, like, you need everybody in games like that. And being at home in for game three of the deciding series, like, even when UNC was punching back, don't it, I don't want to say it's a feeling of comfort, but a feeling of belief maybe is the right word. Like, you'll never feel like you're out of a game. Is that kind of the feeling of the dugout? Yeah, 100%. Uh, every time CG would come out to the mound for a meeting, you know, it was the same thing every time. It was, you know, stay in the game. We're not out of this. You know, we're going to get back in the dugout, 
go swing and score some runs. And, you know, that's exactly what we did. Jacob Starlin is with us. So, obviously, the biggest challenge now is, you know, y'all have had a chance to kind of soak in this win. Now it's moved forward. Quick turnaround, ODU, on Tuesday. I think 3 o'clock is the start time. Not sure. Uh, you just know you're going to be in Norfolk with the rest of the team. Yeah. And I think I think it is three, but either way, quick turnaround. And what's the biggest challenge of moving forward and just moving on to the next game? Um, just taking one day at a time. You know, today we got lift. Uh, we're going to take care of our bodies, get ready for tomorrow, and then, you know, show up tomorrow and, you know, take care of business. And you all know from past experience, ODU, very good team. So it's one of those deals, you know, I'm sure Pirate fans will travel, but – I've got to show up, play your best brand of baseball. And I know y'all don't look ahead, you know, to the Keith LeClaire Classic from an opponent standpoint, but uh, the story of Keith LeClaire, you've been in this program, you know what it means. So, like, what does it mean to you as a player to, to kind of participate in the, you know, wear the jerseys, the 23, all that this coming weekend? Yeah, it means a lot. I mean, you know, LeClaire set the foundation for all of us, and, you know, we're just continuing to, you know, play for him and represent him in how we play, so – you know, wearing those jerseys is a big deal, and, you know, we're going to take care of business that weekend. And, again, as a guy from Florida, like how – I think maybe one they, like, give you all the coaching third book to read yeah. coming in, so, like, you kind of have to learn about it. But was it pretty quickly, like, Coach Goblin played for Coach DeClaire, he kind of instilled that mindset philosophy in you from, from what he brought to the table? Yeah, definitely. We talk about him, you know, every day. Uh, he's on the side of the building when we walk in, so – you know, we got to give him a lot of credit for where ECU is now and, you know, continue to improve it. And mustache march coming up. So, yeah. you getting you getting uh, ready to shave? <laughs> yeah. Um, shave the beard? Getting ready. Might throw some dye in it, too. Okay. We'll see. Who's, so, who's going to have the best mustache this year? <laughs> I feel like JC's is already pretty elite, so. Yeah, I mean, his is always good. Who won it last year? Was it JC? I think it was JC. I mean, Trey's got a pretty good one already He's going. Pretty good. I think he could do better. Danny Bill's got a good one. <clears throat> Bill's got a good one. Yeah. Shout out to Philip for mentioning that. I feel like Danny keeps it year round. Trey, do you keep it year round at this point? Or two? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's just rocking it. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll get uh, Trey's perspective on that as well coming up. Uh, Russ Walker wants to know what was the best thing UNC fans said to you. So we know ECU <clears throat> fans will talk to UNC. Do y'all hear any chirping from UNC fans this weekend? Um, not a whole lot. Um, I remember like Carter struck out one time before me or something, and uh, they were like, "You're next" or something. That's all I got. <laughs> That's really. the best they got. Yeah. Um. All right. So we were talking about this off the air, and uh, you know, Russ also brings it up. Last night's game reminded me of the 21 game versus UNC, and yeah, 11 to 10 win. That was a midweek game, March 30th. That was a wild one where you guys overcame a big deficit. And uh, a former player, AMAC, had the walk-off hit. So, ECU-UNC, man, just one of those games where I feel like it's just college baseball at its finest. Like, that's the reason you come to ECU, right, to play in those types of games. Yeah, 100%. Um, anytime we're going there, they're coming to Greenville, we know it's going to be a dogfight and – you know, it's a lot of fun, really exciting for us and the fans, and, you know, you can almost always guarantee it's going to be a good game. Russ Walker also has that. He feels like Corey Costello looks like a 40-year-old. <laughs> Do you all agree with that? He's a freshman, right? Yeah. 
He, Maybe, he doesn't act like one. It's just the beard. He's got that full beard, yeah. No doubt. Um, and look, y'all, y'all threw a lot of guys, young guys, it's early in the season that, you know, I, th- I know why it was unavailable yesterday out of the bullpen. And it's tough for certain guys to get in these moments, but that it's just, you know, part of it. You got you to gotta grow under fire. So how much do you feel like some of the younger guys on the team can learn from the experiences of yesterday and, and this past week? Um, definitely a lot. Um, you know, I think they, I think they gave us a shot yesterday. I think they, you know, were composed for the most part. Um, maybe didn't get the results they wanted, but, um, I think they know what, um, playoff baseball in Greenville is going to look like. So if they can start preparing for that, then, you know, they're going to be ready. And I feel like too, Cliff Goblin said this as well, like being in that environment, this early in the season for both teams can pay dividends just because, like, you can't simulate that, man. Like, practice mm-hmm. practice is great. You can put the players under pressure in practice, but when you're in that environment, Jacob, like, it, you know, you kind of have to be in there to, to know what it's like, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, experience, like you said, is, you know, what's going to prepare you for those moments. And, you know, thankfully we can have games like this in February, and so we're not surprised in June. Uh, so Trey was telling me coming in, and I had just seen it, the clip on uh, Twitter. So you went to give uh, Joey Barini, you know, dap him up with your glove. You know, classic like baseball stuff. You got to do the glove hit. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just the thing. Uh, and he just blew you off, man. So Yeah, I don't know what that was for. <laughs> kudos to you, though, for like <laughs> calmly doing it yourself. Yeah, I remember doing it on the field, and I was like, there's no way they got that on camera. Right. Uh, th- there was like five camera dudes working the game this this, <laughs> this Sunday, so maybe that was it. But uh, has that ever happened before? Has Barini ever blown you off on the, the glove dap? I'm sure it's happened with all my teammates right. at some point. But that one just happened to be caught on camera. Yeah. Well, Jacob Starlin handled it uh, well. Uh, Kenny Curlin's ad is going to be mid-70s tomorrow, so hopefully that weather report is accurate. Um, last question for you. We'll get you out of here. Newton Smith, your your biggest fan, wants to know, is it hard to get back focused for a midweek game coming off such an emotional and big series? So your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, good question. Um, it's really not. Uh, we know that if we want to do the things that we're setting out to achieve, then we got to you know, approach each game differently. And if we don't show up tomorrow, we're going to lose. Or we could lose. But uh, we know that if we show up tomorrow ready to go, then, you know, they're not going to beat us. He is Jacob Starlin. Jacob, we appreciate the time, man. Congrats on the weekend, and obviously best of luck. Moving into Tuesday and the Keith LeClaire Classic, we'll have you on again uh, coming up later this season. But appreciate it, man, as always. Yep, thanks for having me. Absolutely, that's Jacob Starlin. Coming up next, we will visit with Trey Savage. We'll talk about his outing on Friday and recap the series with Trey. This is Hoist the Colors on a Monday. Climb aboard as we set sail and hoist the colors. Armageddon! Back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the colors on a Monday. We just visited with Jacob Starlin, ECU second baseman. We had to adjust the camera because Trey Savage takes his seat now. He's a little bit taller than Star, but uh, Trey, how's it going, man? It's going well. Heck of a weekend for you, obviously, personally. We'll get into to your outing. I know it didn't result in a team victory, but we'll talk about that. But uh, being a part of you know that series win, Trey, just what was it like to be in the dugout and support your teammates You know, Saturday, Sunday, and, and see you guys rally and win the series? I mean, it's special. This is 
uh, a series we look forward to all year, and to be able to come out on top of the series victory is huge. So we asked Star. He, I guess he was too busy scoring, so he didn't know. So what did y'all, what did y'all hit Bristol Carter with with the celebration? Um, guys had like water and Gatorade bottles, um, but some of the guys thought it'd be funny to soak me as well. So you there, got you felt intentionally. It. <laughs> so I, I did get a little wet. In okay, there, um, was the normal Gatorade bottles. So we're, how how cold was it? Cause it wasn't too bad, but it was pretty chilly. I would say by the end of the game. I mean, when you're that fired up, you don't feel. Don't it. care. You just know that you're wet. <laughs> so the the end of the game, man, four nothing going or four nothing going to the six, and then it turns into a ten nine finish. Five lead changes in the last few innings. So, you know, you did your job Friday. So you you obviously you're you're in there. And you're encouraging your teammates, pulling them through. But like, what's it like just kind of as a baseball fan watching all that unfold? I mean, as a fan, you would call it a great game. But there were moments where we could have won by multiple runs and not had it rely on a walk-off victory, um, which is just stuff that we have to work on as a team. But if I was a fan in the stands, I mean, it was an electric game. And, you know, your guy from Pennsylvania, we just talked to Starlin, who is from Florida. We talked to Luke Nowak, who's from Wisconsin. So I asked those guys, I'll ask you, what, what's it like to be a part of this rivalry between two North Carolina schools now in, in your third year? I mean, coming in here, I didn't know anything about the history between any of the rivalry games. But um, since my freshman year, learned pretty quick. And, I mean, it's just they're, they're special. Um, the fans on both sides come out to support their side. So it's really just a clash of – of two great teams going at each other. And, um, I mean, they're just special games. Let's talk about your outing Friday. I mean, you pitched your tail off uh, close 2-1 loss for the team. But, uh, you know, you gave ECU a chance to win six innings, 11 Ks, and just were, were, were dominant, man. So what was working for you on Friday? Um, I mean, I guess you could say pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first – I would say for probably for the first four or five innings, it was like a three-pitch mix and then started mixing the curveball in there at the end, um, in the back half of the outing. But, I mean, you look at that game when our pitching staff um, like holds the other team to two runs, usually we win that game. And our offense did a great job of hitting hard balls, but it, we weren't lucky enough to make them fall in the outfield. They were hit right to their um, defenders. But, I mean... It was it was a team battle. Uh, it's a shame we couldn't come out on top, but we flipped flipped the script for the next two games. And, and for you, I mean, I'm sure you try to treat every inning the same, like regardless of the score. But when you know it's one nothing or zero zero, it's almost like you almost have to lock in even more, right? Because you know it's it's turning into that Friday night, which you're going to be in a lot this year, pitchers duel type of game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like to try and stay as locked in as I yeah. can, but when it's a one run game, you definitely have an extra chip on your shoulder. Trey Savage with us, ECU Friday night pitcher. Pirates coming off the series win. And uh, you, you guys as starting pitchers made North Carolina look like a normal team. But, I mean, we saw late yesterday they can hit the crap out of the ball. We know Vance Honeycutt, a potential first-round pick. I mean, Casey Cook is probably as good of a hitter that you guys will face, just all-around hitter, and they've got power up and down their lineup. So 
you know, just being able to make those guys look pedestrian, I think says a lot about you guys, not only yourself, but the whole whole starting staff uh, this weekend for you guys. Absolutely. Um, Zach Root did a great job on Saturday, and then Jake Hunter yesterday. Um, I think we had 18.1 innings combined and two runs given up, which is elite. Um, but we got to stay hungry and get ready for next weekend. And, you know, in your start – you know, obviously Bristol Carter first start, he lost a ball. It was a weird sky, so he lost a couple balls, and that inning could have got away from you. I think it was the second. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cliff Godwin visited the mound, which we rarely see when he if he's not going to give you the hook. So, what was kind of said there, and what allowed you to refocus, keep the keep the score at one nothing? Um, it was pretty much just like just stay cool. Like we've trained for these moments, we've trained for adversity being thrown to us, and just be ourselves and just limit the damage as much as possible. Which you did. How cool was it to see Bristol get the the walk off and, you know, at least some level of redemption on Sunday, I I feel like, for him as a freshman. Yeah, I was really proud of him. Um, A freshman being put in that moment, it's it's rare that they can control their heart rate and execute the role that Bristol was put in. And it's really special to see that he can be put in those roles um, further down the line in the season. And, um, I mean, it was, it was great. It was great to see him do that. Trey Savage with this ECU pitcher. So, again, you're facing North Carolina. Honeycutt has gotten a lot of headlines. Super talented players we saw hit the end up hitting the game with a home run. But uh, what's it, what's it kind of like when you know you're facing a guy who could, you know, be a top pick, much like yourself in the upcoming draft? I don't know. Does it go up? You, you got the better of him a few times. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I just go up there and be myself. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to treat him differently than any other guy just because of his name. Um, Last year when we played UNC, it was kind of the same story. Um, Didn't do anything off me. So Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) So it worked out pretty uh, good. It did work out pretty good, but just keep being me. And we talked in the preseason, Trey, about your development of the splitter. I mean, you do it last year, but just kind of it seems like it's more of a complete pitch this year. You know your cutter, slider, whatever we want to call it. Um, obviously, has been a great pitch in the fastball. We know you have and the curve. So, how much do you feel like through two starts, kind of honing in on that splitter has has worked out for you? I mean, it's it's a really great weapon in my arsenal. Um, first start of the season, it was pretty much the only pitch that I could throw consistently for a strike. Um, and then going to the this past weekend, um, I mean, I probably threw it like. 35% of the time. Um, it was used a lot, and, I mean, it's just a great pitch. And so, is that, you know, watching a lot of, of Major League Baseball and baseball in general, typically you think more of the split from a right-hander, more something you throw to a lefty, but it looked like you were throwing against righties too. So is it, it you feel like you can use it against righties and lefties? Yeah, something me and Coach Knight worked on, especially in our inner squads preseason, is getting comfortable throwing it to righties. Yeah, and that's worked out pretty good thus sure. far. So, uh, Trey is Savage with us. All right, so you, you pitch on the road in the Friday game. But it's, I don't know, do, do you like pitching on the road? or like It's not even really a true road game because it was half ECU fans. But would you rather have like the home crowd behind you or do you like kind of going on the road and having a chance to maybe silence some, some fans? Because I feel like that's got to be a pretty sweet feeling too. Yeah, I, I love both sides of it. Um, of course, I love pitching in front of – the best fans in the country here in Greenville. Um, but going on the road and being bet against and um, going out there and 
silence them, silencing them with your talent. It's special, special feeling. No doubt. It was a great environment, both sides, but you, you were pretty fired up after a few K's there in the, uh, the powder purple. So I like it when you get, you get jacked and your hat like kind of comes off <laughs> sideways, but it doesn't fall off. Like it's got a good look. So have you, have you perfected that or does that just happen naturally? It just happens. Um, the hat we were wearing Friday is definitely more loose than the one we typically wear at home on Friday. Um, but the guys on the team make fun of me for it. Yeah. Do you wear like a, a, a looser fitting hat in general, or is it just more so those hats that come off maybe a little bit? Um, I would say it's pretty snug. Um, not like too loose, but um, I guess it just comes it off. Just comes off sometimes. <laughs> it's part of it. And you pitched in the the powder purples. Um, look, I have mixed feelings on it as a as a uniform, but I know you guys like them. So, uh, do do you make the decision as a starter what jerseys to wear, or is that more of a uh, team or operations decision? So I requested it for Friday. There you go. Um, I just thought it'd be a great game to break them out and get the dust off them this season. Um, I also thought it would be a good color combination yeah. against the powdered purples and their their baby blues. Um, just two different colors going at it. I was hoping we'd get the, the powdered purples that you guys wear and then basically what they wore yesterday. They were like the powdered blues. Yeah. That would have been great, which they still wore the baby blues, so it worked. Um, so uh, good, heck of a performance, man, again. And uh, awesome to see you starting – the year this way, Trey Savage with us. All right, Robert Matthews, and you may or may not know this, he, he wants to know, could you please explain the new pitching rule pertaining to the pitching rubber? He says Mike Mullis mentioned it on one of the ECU broadcasts. So is there a new rule this year as far as the rubber where you have to line up or anything like that that you know of? Um, I don't know if there's a new rule um, per se, but I know some guys have had to change their wind-up because you can't, like, can't step in front of your foot you can't like motion towards home during your wind up before lifting your leg okay um so some guys had to change their wind up in that aspect so did you have to alter anything or no uh last year i did okay yeah gotcha um newton smith he asked this to starlin lsu as well and, and it's kind of different for you because you don't play you know you most likely will not play at odu but from a team perspective he wants to know how hard it is, is it to get focused after an emotional series. What, what's kind of your role in that as probably a team leader, especially the pitching staff, to get the guys refocused? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> last night was the night to celebrate the series win and just got to make sure everyone's locked in today. And you got to flush it because it doesn't matter if we won or lost. Um, it's a new day. And um, the game tomorrow doesn't care that we won the series this weekend. So... Um, as a leader on the on the team, got to make sure guys are locked in and ready for the task at hand. Trey is savage in studio with us. We're talking about ECU's series win over UNC the week ahead, and I, I star as well. The Keith Leclerc Classic. How quickly did you, you know, coming up this weekend? How quickly did you kind of learn about Keith Leclerc and what he has meant to ECU baseball upon entering the program? Uh, pretty quick. Um, in between our summer session and the first fall semester of our freshman year, we get coaching third and we get to read that. And, um, I mean, it's a great read for those who haven't read it, just about um, Coach Claire's life and how he turned this place into the place it is today. Um, and going into this weekend, like, this weekend is bigger than us. Um, 
it's to honor Coach LeClaire and um, yeah, he's special, special in our program. He built the foundation for us. And Cliff Godwin played for him, and you know certainly, I'm sure still references him a lot. So how often is it that? Whether it be a quote or just hey, this is what we used to do, you know, when I played under Coach. How often does he kind of bring up those stories or, or things like that? It's a good amount. Um, I wouldn't say it's every day, but um, he'll talk about experiences with Coach Claire. Um, like we have his his picture and his words up on our wall in the clubhouse. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's a good amount. And speaking of the uniforms, you guys will, I'm guessing, wear the 23, mm-hmm. the Pirate script, which I think is is an awesome look. Um, where, where does that rank on Trey Savage's uniform uh, power rankings for ECU baseball? Um, I would definitely say it's top three. Yeah. Uh, I love, like, the throwback look, kind of, sort of. Um, but, so yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. Is Powder Purple's number one? Well, what's number one? All Whites is n- All whites. number one. Um, Hard to go wrong there. Yeah. And then – I would say the purple with pinstripe pants is up there as well. That's a good look as well. We haven't seen the pinstripes this year, but I'm sure that'll come in a midweek game, the pinstripe tops. Yeah. So so Carter Cunningham is a big fan of black jerseys, white pants, white white hat. Do you like that look as well? Uh, I can't say I'm too big of a fan. Okay. Um, I do like the white hats. They definitely fit the best, Um, but – so you There's definitely better options, for right? That. Okay, so you're, which Friday night you get your all white more times than not. That's right. So at least at home, so good stuff there. Trey is savage with us, and uh, so what's your your role for this coming week? As far as you know, you know you're going to pitch Friday. So take us through your routine as far as your bullpens, kind of your prep, and uh, when you start really diving into your opponent on Friday, which I I think is Purdue. Yeah, it is Purdue. Yep. Um, so tomorrow, Tuesday, um, is my midweek bullpen. And I lifted Saturday and Sunday, and then I'll lift Wednesday as well. Um, and I'll be throwing every day of the week, just get my arm ready and prepared and fine-tuning anything that needs to be fine-tuned. Um, but Thursday, as the pitching staff, will go over Purdue, um, go over um, strengths, weaknesses, and how to attack them to get the best possible outcome. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. So Tuesday is your bullpen day. Yep. How many pitches are you throwing and what, you know, on a scale of, I don't know, 0 to 100, like what's your effort level? Are you going like 100% at any point or is it more like 90%? What's kind of your, your mindset there? Uh, I like to stay around 25 pitches. Um, and then it's probably between um, – 85 to 90%. I'm not trying to blow it out. Right. And then you mentioned lifting as well. I'm just curious, like as a pitcher, you know, I know when you, if you lift too much, you obviously get sore. So, Mm -hmm. like, is it more just maintenance lifting or are you trying to like maintain weight or what in in season, especially? Like, what's kind of your routine there? So, each lift is different. So, the one the day after our starts, um, it's just get the blood flowing, like break a sweat. um, And it's like, low weight, high reps, um, just get the body moving. And then Tuesday, or they, our second lift and our third lift are more heavy-ish, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, day two is like heavy squat. And then um, our day three lift will be bench and deadlift. Gotcha. So, yeah, we're still doing some pretty good, pretty good lifting. Yeah. And a lot of people just, you know, that maybe don't 
know the science behind baseball, so much of it from a velocity standpoint, pitching comes from your legs. So mm-hmm. how much, especially like in the off season, do you try and increase that strength pretty significantly? Is that kind of where your, a lot of your focus comes from? And, and clearly kind of all your major uh, exercises there involve your legs. So is that a big focus? Yeah, we, we have days dedicated to legs, um, but our strength coach, Dennis Wilson, does a great job of getting us in shape come season um, and getting us the best possible um, like physique, I would right. say, or fitness level that we need to be to play at the highest level. All right, he is Trey Savage. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll uh, talk about some more standouts from this past weekend and also get Trey's take on some of the young arms we saw yesterday and throughout the week this is hoist the colors on a monday we're live with steven Igo on 94.3 the game hoist the johnny roger now back to hoist the colors all right welcome back in hoist the colors on this monday we've got trey savage in studio wrapping up the show it's our final segment russ walker says you've got good posture so you've got better posture than me i struggle sitting up straight i don't know you, you got it down pat man have you like working on that um, or does it just happen? Does it happen naturally, like the hat? I guess it just happened naturally. Um, guys on the team definitely make comments on it. Say, okay, kind of look like a narc sitting next to them. <laughs> hey man, you look professional, so you're doing you're doing your thing, and you're just making me look all slumped. Now I gotta sit up straight. I'm gonna see what I can do here. Um, all right, Trey is savage with us. So we talked a lot about your outing, man. But how about Zach Root and Jake Hunter? I mean pretty good starting starting trio thus far and uh we you know we knew root would have a a a potential sophomore season like this but what's it been like watching him develop i mean it's great uh me and him both worked very hard together um this preseason and in the fall um and seeing him go out there and throw seven shutout innings was huge and it's huge for our bullpen too because you see what we had to do yesterday um but yeah i'm very proud of him so I was sitting by the UNC dugout taking pictures Saturday, and they were kind of coming back to the dugout. They were trying to figure out what he was throwing, uh, the cutter. They were like, man, they couldn't pick it up, basically. And uh, just thought it was interesting, you know, the development of that pitch for him. You talk about your splitter and uh, just all the work that goes into cha- making changes in the offseason is clearly paying off for you guys. But when y'all were going through – you know, starting against each other in inner squads in the preseason, the fall. How much were y'all pushing each other during that time? Uh, I would say a lot. It's uh, it was a great competition between me and him, um, and it turned us into better ball players for it. Zach or Zach Rube with the seven shutout innings Saturday, and then Sunday, Jake Hunter, another guy who's added to his arsenal. Uh, he was blowing blowing it by guys. He was he was doing his Trey Savage impression on Sunday. So again, Jake. How proud are you of him for, for making the leap he has made? I mean, it's huge. Um, I think the last time he started was last year against Elon, and the year before that he was in the Sunday role. And for him to be able to flip-flop roles again and be back in the starting rotation and help us win is huge. It's, it's huge for the entire team. How much are you all communicating, whether it be in the dugout or just in between games, or like, hey, when I was facing this guy, here what I, here's what I – did or here's what I felt like work. Do y'all communicate on that a lot? Uh, this past weekend, me and Jake Hunter did. Okay. Um, he was just asking me um, like how he thinks he should attack them, and I was just filling him in. And then with Root, I'll just say some stuff to him. Um, 
like me, I really don't like to think too much about it going in. So I think he's the same way. Um, But yeah, me and Jake Hunter, uh, he was like picking my brain a little bit on him. And then you and Austin Knight, is it, do you talk to him at all as well about that stuff? Or is it more just, hey man, just call it and I'll go throw it? Um, With him, it's pretty much call it and I'll go throw it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he sees the results that are happening on the field. So it's not like he needs to like ask me anything in particular. Um, if he wants to know something, he'll ask me, or if I want to tell him something, I'll tell him. Um, but it's nothing too crazy. So a lot of guys, Trey, got some big experience, you know, with mixed results on Sunday. You could see it on, on both sides. North Carolina was trying to find its bullpen. You know, we know Danny Bill, we know Wyatt Lunchford-Sinkman have been there, done that. But, you know, some of these guys are going to have to get experience, find their roles. So – how important is it that those guys get their feet wet in this environment and kind of learn on the fly a little bit? It's huge. Um, not only were we able to get um, freshmen out there, but um, transfers out there as well to get put in that environment. And for the freshmen, whether they did good or bad, they're able to like get that experience. So um, further down the season, um, yeah, it pays dividends for them. I thought Jackson DiLorenzo – I don't, I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but he didn't look intimidated. Mm-hmm. I know that he threw the, the wild pitch that scored in the game, but you know, he, he for the most part, he threw strikes, he got out. So I know that he's a guy that y'all feel like can help. So what did you think of his outing? I mean, um, look, seeing where he's come from this fall um, to what he is now is night and day different. Um, he went home over winter break and really worked on his craft and came back this preseason ready to go and ready to help us win ball games. So it's a great add to the to the bullpen. Any other guys that we saw yesterday or just in general that you feel will end up being, you know, guys that y'all can count on now the bullpen as the season moves along? Uh Ethan Norby, he threw three pitches yesterday, um, and gave up a home run, but I mean, he's competitive in the zone. Um and just cap shot that just got muscled out. So yeah. it's nothing to nothing to um hang your head on but um along with uh Corey Costello he's definitely going to be a, a big matchup guy for us and help us get outs and when you you know we got about a minute left but when you were in those you know situations as a freshman how long do you feel like it took you to get comfortable I mean in your freshman year in those spots I mean I struggled my first two outings I think I had like five or six walks to one out recorded um so it did take me a while and it's good to see that the guys that are freshmen coming in out of the pen are are able to settle in in those situations. All right, Trey. Well, this was awesome, man. And, uh, again, congrats on the weekend. Great outing Friday. And best of luck this coming week against Purdue. And we'll be uh, hitting you up again later this season, man. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. That is Trey Savage. And that's going to do it for our show. Again, thanks to Trey. Thanks to Jacob Starlin. You can catch our Cliff Godwin interview as well with Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game YouTube page. We're also going to be live streaming an interview with Bristol Carter around 1.30. We'll probably air that on the show tomorrow ahead of the ODU game at 12 noon. And we got Jake Garcia, ECU quarterback, transfer from Missouri in tomorrow as well. We'll talk to you then. This has been Hoist the Colors. 
This has been Hoist the Collars with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Collars on 943 The Game. Tax credits are back. Get a 30% tax credit, up to $2,000.